Hi folks, this is Thais again. We're in London. This is Joe. Hello. And we're going to have an interesting chat about, if we can summarize it already. Being travel. Travel. Technology. Being homeless. Being homeless. Being kicked out of, nearly being kicked out of the United States. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And chasing your dreams, I guess. Yeah. That would summarize it quite well. The three K topics. Yes. Next to me, we call him Joe, but his real name is, I'm going to give it a go. Correct yeah. me if I'm wrong. Yuozas Kazyukenas. It's pretty good. Okay. It's pretty good. He is Lithuanian. Yes. So and you know how, like, Slash, everyone calls him Slash. Yeah. Everyone calls me Joe. Okay. For that's, the same that, reason. That's a, that's a really. Uh, a really nice way of putting it. Yes. You you comparing yourself to Slash. Yes. I wish I was in Guns N' Roses. Yeah. I guess okay. that's the best way to put it. So let's uh, start off by giving you the opportunity to do a formal introduction. Okay. Let the people know who you are. Well, my name is Joe. Um, I currently live in New York City. Uh, I work by building various different projects on the internet. I also travel a lot and speak at conferences once in a while. I guess. That we both used to do a lot of conferences, me and Tace. Yeah, we met once a at month at least for yeah, a while. Yeah, yeah, for a while. Like um, in, in the heydays, that was like yes. 2010 until 2012. I remember hanging out with you on a regular basis. At a given moment in time, I was at the airport six weeks in a row. My wife had to pick me up six weeks in a row. And on a lot of yes. those occasions, you were there. Yeah. At the time, I was living in Edinburgh, and we would just. So, go to all the European so why were you in time. Edinburgh? What was the reasoning? Well, that? I went to school. Or, sorry, I went to university. I'm already sounding American. Uh, I went to university, Edinburgh University, and at the time I was living in Edinburgh. And uh, yeah. Already combining it with a job, you had an agency, yes. I guess? Yes, I was, I was trying to do both at the same time, which is always a struggle. And then I think a year in of living in Edinburgh, I went to PHP Northwest. And that's where we met. The, the very first one, or the second one they had, like 2009 yeah. maybe. And I went there and I'm like, so I for, for reference, how old were you back then? Because that's um, somewhat interesting. Maybe 20 years old. See? Probably. So I went to Northwest and I'm like, this is pretty cool. I've done things and I think I can talk about them as well. And I actually tried to submit a bunch of conferences, all of them refused. But then I wrote an email to the PHP Northwest user group in Manchester. And I was like, hey, I'm this dude from Edinburgh. Can I talk at your conference? And they're like, okay. So I went there, I did my talk, and then I was like, it's one of these homeless moments. I'm like, I don't think I have anywhere to live in Manchester because I, it was yeah. a late night. Yeah. So I met this girl, Jenny. Um, from Jenny Wong, yes, probably. We all know Jenny. Northwest if you're watching, hi, Jenny. <laughs> Hello. Hey. And I was like, can I stay in your place? And we, I crashed in her place. So that started the whole traveling and conferences and then crashing at random couches um, to, to sleep. And then time went on. Yes, and time went on. We did more and more conferences. Yeah. I remember a given point in time. I think that was a crucial period for you. We were in the Czech Republic for Future of Web Apps. Yes, that was one of the last ones I did while I was still in Edinburgh. Yeah. And at the time, I was like, I think I, you already I, decided. Yeah, I went to, to I went to US a few times, and I was just finishing school in in Edinburgh, and I was like. I should probably live in US. Um, so I decided to live in US and naively and very kind of dumbly, I guess. I was like, I'm gonna move to US next month. So I sold my car. I, I, I guess, canceled the lease on my apartment. So, like threw away everything I had. And I was like, oh, I'm gonna travel for a month. And then- For only a month, that was For a only a month. And then once the month is over, I'll get a visa, I'll move to US. Well, that, I think that took 18 months in total. 
18 months. Yes, I think so. The so total, it was supposed to be was 18 months. What's, was supposed to be one month? Yes, it was 18 months. Was 18 months of being homeless, living yeah. out of a suitcase. And I guess the longer I did that for, the less sense it made to kind of get a place back and then um, start living somewhere again. Because my, my visa attorneys were able to keep like, oh, it's going to happen soon, it's going to happen soon. So I kept waiting on and, and waiting on, but it just would never happen. Yeah, that's uh, a conversation we had quite frequently is that you had a, a, a visa attorney, a, a yes. bad one to start off with. And then you not got a great one. Not, not a great, great one. one. But then someone in the community turned you on to another one. It's actually, well, I ended up using the same people, but what happened is initially they led me on one path and a like a year in, we realized all together it's not going to work. And they're like, oh, it didn't work, so. It's fine enough. Was, it was frustrating. Yeah. Um, and then we ended up doing, doing a different one and it actually ended up working out. But throughout the time of these 18 months of not being able to stay in the US, um, I should probably not mention this, but I would just come to US for a month using my temporary visa and then leave. Like an actual travel visa or yeah. something? No, just the ESTA yeah. temporary visa. Esta. So if you want to come to US, you can just come for three months out of every six months or do it once a month. Um, I did that for a while and then I would come back to Europe or go to as far as Australia and, and push the whole digital nomad thing pretty far off. Now, everyone who hears this story is probably raving about it and probably is thinking, wow, it's so awesome, I want to do this. I don't think it was always that awesome. Yes. So first of all, if you work in technology and, and your managers allow remote working, you should absolutely do it, at least for a month. Buy a, buy a one-way flight to Vietnam and just be in Vietnam for a while. Um, you should definitely do it. After a while, it becomes uh, like as time-consuming and as effort-requiring as anything else. Like uh, once you've done it for a year, traveling becomes less being fun, but more of like a effort because it's hard to make friends in places as if you're only spending there a month. So these relationships become very shallow. And you always have to live out what you bring with you. Yes. So I lived out of a suitcase. It's actually one of the once it's once everything was over it's probably one of the best lessons i've learned it's how to live with a very s small amount of things and even now my apartment is pretty empty because i just like I, I have this thought in my mind that i only should keep the things i need there's actually a very good book about it called essentialism and it talks about doing that in life and in business in general but through, through traveling you learn that you only need four t-shirts and a pair of pants and, just like and that's it, it could last you months. Yeah, and I remember that it was uh, hard for you to grab or, or get a hold of possessions. Yes. Like we were at conferences, you get a gift. I would just you, give you, up everything. Yeah, yeah, you cannot take it. Yes. There's no way for you to... I actually carry. do the same thing now. Now I only travel with carry-on luggage. I would never check a bag. So Even for extended periods of time? Yes. So how do you cope? Like A, a small bag, like a carry-on bag for a, for a guy especially fits at least a week worth of clothes. If you're going to a warm place, it probably fits two weeks. And in that time, you can have your clothes washed, you can have them cleaned. It's not a problem. So you're dependent heavily on laundry service at yes, hotels? Yes, of course. But at the same time, most of it, like having your clothes clean is not really a problem. Like You can have it done. A laundromat or... Yes, uh, yes. Even in remote places like Thailand or Brazil, you can have someone clean your clothes. It's not a problem. But these are all practical concerns that the average person who does travel doesn't have to consider. Yes, like but you see the way the way digital nomad traveling works best is that you don't treat it as in the same way as people when they go on holidays. You don't go to a place and then you stay in the hotel for a week and then you come back home. 
you're in a constant travel. So when I go to places even now, in the first day, my mode is like, how can I blend in in this place and, and just start living here as if I'm a local? Yeah. So that's why, for example, I very rarely stay in hotels because hotels make you aware that you're just traveling instead of I just rent a place with Airbnb and then all of a sudden I'm just living in an apartment in the same way I would be living back home, but I'm in exactly. a different place right Plus now. Plus you're better equipped to do your work because that's yes. also important. Uh, it is really hard if you're abroad mm -hmm. in a hotel yes. to have a decent work environment where you can focus and have your minimum of eight hours of work. Yeah. It's really hard. So for like right now, I guess the biggest problem is time zones. So sometimes you would go, I remember when I was in Australia, uh, I would have con Skype conference calls at like 4 a.m. in the morning because it's if you're if you're the one doing it, it's not everyone else's problem. No, you're doing it. it's no. your like it's your choice. So you have to shift your time zone usually to account for what everyone else is doing. Some companies are more aware, of it, like some companies are more acceptable of that. If you're a freelancer, you usually have your own right. But you once in a while you do have to have these calls at crazy hours. Well, there's there's another guy, a, a more famous internet personality who does this, his name is called Ben Schlappich. Mm -hmm. he's, a, he's a German guy, he writes a, a very popular blog called One Mile at a Time. Yes. And he also decided to do the same thing. He was only in his flat for, I think, less than a week a month. Mm -hmm. So he said, instead of paying a rent for a full month, I'm gonna cancel it and just travel around the world exactly. for a while. Like at the moment, I live in, in New York City and I even when I travel, I keep that apartment. But if I just stop paying rent, I could just travel and actually pay less less yeah. than staying in New York City. Exactly. So, uh, I was in January, I spent a long time in, in Thailand and it was probably like financially neutral for me to go there, pay for a ticket, but then pay less while being in Thailand. And a lot of people who, who build startups and who, build, uh, who work as freelancers are trying to save costs. So they end up going to places like Indonesia, which is very affordable for most people. Although it has very terrible internet, so don't. <laughs> don't it's don't hard for, for yeah. people who go there. It's hard to get work done. But for people who go to Indonesia and are able to work, it's very affordable. It's beautiful, yeah, and I can um, it's it's just a different environment. Now, what that guy, that Ben Schlappi guy, also did is, you can't constantly adjust the time zones. So yes. what he did, he just adjusted to. U.S. East Coast time zone. I can see that. Yeah, I think it's it. Usually, I, I all, one thing I also learned: don't go to a place for a short amount of time. So, if you're going to Thailand, don't go there for five days, which I've done before, because by the time you're adjusted and then we have to readjust back, it just doesn't work. It just it's, not, it's also not enough time to kind of suck in the culture. Go for a longer period of time and actually start living in that period of time, like. I'm not sure why he does <laughs> time zone sticking, but if you go like from East Coast, you go to Asia, you be you should be living at night yeah. because that yeah, time zone is so but, but for a lot of people that makes sense because if your business requires it to be in of meetings course. or or emails come in or if you wanna if there's breaking news items yes. you want to report on, you have to be awake yeah. at that moment. So you can you have this attitude of screw it, day, night, light, dark doesn't mm -hmm. really matter. Yeah. U.S. East Coast time zone is my time zone. I live by it. Yeah. So I would say I would say it takes effort. Like it's very doable. Time zones, all these issues. It just takes effort because you no longer have a eight to five job, but you have a job which is open. But you have to have you have to create your own restrictions and limits to make sure while you're traveling, you're actually able to get work done at some reasonable amount of time. So you don't just because if if you go to a place like um, even Indonesia. 
their US, for example, work time is during the night. So it's up to you. Are you going to wait for them to wake up and start working? But if you start working, then it's, you're going to go into the night. Or you just work during your daytime when everyone else is asleep. You just it depends have to on, the, on the kind of work yeah, you, you have, have to, to do. Find what works. But it, what, what's also very important is you don't have to just find a balance for work, but also for your personal life. Otherwise, yes. your work is going to eat you up. And the only thing you'll be doing day in, day out is work. Yes. So, like, I. I'm, I'm kind of obsessed about this whole like self-improvement and, and making your life quality better. So I care about life quality a lot and I actually limit how much time I spend working drastically because when you're, like, when you're doing this whole remote work thing, it's so easy just to get sucked in and then start working all the time. And at the same time, you also have to, when you're looking for social things, you have to also pick countries which you like. So um, for example, South America is very different from Asia. Um, the cultures are very different yeah. and some people like one thing some people like another thing um, even in Asia like you've got countries like Singapore and Hong Kong very expensive very clean uh, pretty and high-end places high -end. at the same time you can go to places like Thailand or Indonesia which are definitely not as um, sophisticated as Singapore is yet for some people much more enjoyable as well but now you live in New York how's life New York. there what's, what's life about because everyone New York is great the best good. thing about New York, it's a diverse environment. Everyone, it, no one is from New York. It, even the people who are from New York, they're probably not born in New York. So New York is a collection of immigrants, as U.S. is in bigger sense. But New York is a collection of immigrants with, with, with the mentality of, like, let's go and then do things. And that's, for me, a good environment to be because that's what I'm trying to do as well. So when you go to some places in the U.S., of course, most people are American. It's their families, and that's what they live. Even the Americans who end up living to, moving to New York, they don't have families in New York. So the, most people in New York are similar people like me, where like jumped in on a plane, got to New York, and started doing things. And that's the main reason why people are in New York, I guess, because it's one of yes. the epicenters of, of business I call and it financial the, capital. The Hunger world. Games of real life. It's to be honest, it's not an easy environment to live in. Um, you have to have a good source of income to be able to afford all the things. It's depending on where you, where you yes. want to live because it's dirty and loud and, and, and unpleasant at times. So it's not most people spend, I guess, their 30s or 20s there, and then if they can, they end up living, moving to somewhere nicer, somewhere quieter, and somewhere bigger houses. But if you want to go crazy, New York is a place to be. And nowadays, there's also a lot of technology. Of course, Silicon Valley in the US still is number one. But I think New York is safely a number two spot. But also New York has a different type of technologies. Uh, a lot of um, European companies are in New York because it's so close yeah. time-wise, also distance-wise. Uh, and there's a lot more like finance companies and fashion yeah, companies. Yeah, and if, if you want to go or, or dig into uh, to, uh, enterprises and, and more, like you say, yes. financial uh, Yeah, but like, financial that's, what, like, that's why I kind of like the diversity, both in people and then um, environments. Like one, one week versus fashion week, then one week there is some MongoDB conference, another week there is some car event. There's always different things happening and that's the thing, thing, very important thing to do is just to get surrounded by different types of people. So trying not to get sucked in into one thing, which would be technology, I guess, for, for yes, most of for us. Like us. I try to do different things so I have like, a different perspective. At the same time, I, always, I, I go to West Coast pretty regularly and it's, I mean, if you work in technology in the US, you end up being in West Coast at some point or another. And this also has very good advantages as well for people. Not San Francisco alone, but West California in, in California general. California in general. Or even Seattle, which has Amazon. 
Microsoft, Microsoft yeah. uh, and a few others, I think. So the goal is to stick around in New York for a while. Yeah. So initially, um, once I got my visa happening, um, the goal was, of course, to stay in the US. But then I quickly uh, I learned that the, the, the standard work visa, the H-1B, everyone has kind of heard of, actually prohibits you from doing anything else but your work. I guess that's how most work visas work. Uh, they specify that you are here to do a job and that's what you do. I mean, you can't do anything. You can't accept any income from anywhere else. And for me, that's limiting because I always wanted to do my own things and I always did my own things. So, so, so if I understand correctly, the visa allows you to be employed at a company yes. and not be an entrepreneur. Yes. And even if you're employed by a company and they're paying your salary, you can't do anything else. You can try, and there are people who do that, but legally you're not allowed to take any income so from anyone So they get onto it, you're in trouble. Yes. And they might deport you. You can open a company. You can do all these sort of things because like, governments are slow to react. So you can do all the things, but ultimately you're not supposed to do that. Um, so I, I looked at that. I'm like, I don't, that's not going to last me long term. So I have to figure out a better solution. So that took me most of 2015 is um, having immigration lawyers come up with a plan um, to get me a different kind of visa, which will allow me to do these sort of things. Unfortunately, <laughs> my work visa ended up ending before I could get a new one. So I didn't get deported strictly, but I left on my own right because I would have been deported otherwise. And the consequences would be more severe. I think it's a 10-year ban yeah. if you get and that's uh, in trouble with the immigration people. So and you just felt the heat and said, we need to get out of here for yeah, a no one, like, no one told me, and, and uh, again, governments are slow to react, so it would probably take forever for anyone to realize. Because once you're in a country, they can't just kick you out for no reason. So they don't even check these sort of things. But um, I ended up just leaving on my own right and then waiting for a visa to happen. I think in June, I ended up getting the new visa. Um, and then our, I'm actually able to stay in the US right now. For, for the moment, I'm, I'm very happy being in New York. So that's yeah. probably the plan. And is there a limited time limit on your visa? or At the moment, I think it's uh, for three years. I can extend it for a year after that. And not for a year. I can extend it for a year every year after every that. Year, yeah, yeah. But my plan is in those three year time uh, to figure out a long term solution. Uh, to probably get a green card so I can stay in the US uh, yeah. for longer. And there is, for that, it's it very much depends on what you do and there's different types. I'm looking at the, either the, the investor visa or business visas. So if anyone wants answers about immigration to US, I have good knowledge. Yeah, like my, my, the, my O1, the one I have right now, immigration um, application was 300 pages long. It's, it's a, like a massive pamphlet of books. That you have to read through and fill up forms. And yes. So it's luckily, I just paid people to do it for me. I would not advise anyone to try to get visas or immigration questions yourself because it's practically impossible. There's so many uh, quirks you have to know, which most people don't. And the people who do that do it better than you. And they're paid for it. And yes. they're more accustomed to the local. Yeah. For uh, me, it was just a business expense. I'm, although I'm not legally allowed to expense it as a business expense, that's what I think of it. Yeah. Like whatever it was, and it was a sizable amount of money to get immigration people to do that for you. I just like that's what I want because that would allow me to have companies in the US. 